0: Welcome to the Mid City Church Sermon Cast. Right now, we're in a series called The Way of Evangelism, where we're talking about the story of the woman at the well and learning how we can share our faith in a life giving way. Get ready because the sermon cast begins now.
1: So, I know that not everyone's brain works like this, but for me, defining success is extremely important. See, if I'm gonna do something, I wanna be able to measure whether or not it's working because if it isn't working, then I want to move on and try something else. I don't want to waste my time if something isn't working. So measuring it is very important for me. Are you this way too or is it just me? My guess is that at the very least, you probably feel the same way about certain things, about measuring certain things, even if you don't think so. Let me explain. Have you ever gone to the gym? For me, this is one of the best proofs that we all like to measure success. So just think about it for a second. For most of us, when we go to the gym, we usually begin with a goal in mind. We either want to lose weight or we want to gain muscle. Some of us go to the gym to to, um, uh, let go of some of of our frustrations, right, to release some steam. Others go to get their heart pumping. And then there's even some people who go to the gym hoping to find their soulmate there, right? There are a million reasons why people go to the gym. And no matter what your reason is, right, no matter what excuse you have or why you go to the gym, uh, we all have an underlying reason for going to the gym. And that underlying reason, that thing that motivates us to go to the gym, is how we measure the success of our time at the gym. In other words, if we go to the gym and we meet our goal, then that means that going to the gym works and we keep on going. If, however, uh, we don't meet our goals at the gym, then we lose hope and we really stop going altogether what do you think? Is this true in your life or not? Do you measure success in other areas of your life? Yes or no? So here's the reality. I think that we all like to measure success, even if it's not overtly obvious to us, because identifying success motivates us to either keep going or to stop. Unfortunately, measuring success is not always as easy as the example I gave you. Success is not always black and white. It's not always a simple yes or no. Let me explain. Take the earlier gym example, but let's say I've been going to the gym for about a year now and I still haven't lost any clothing sizes. This is actually a true story. It happened to me. Uh, let's say I've been going to the gym and, and I haven't lost any uh, clothing sizes. Well if buying smaller clothes is my measurement of success, then I would say that my year at my gym has been a uh, not been very successful. But Let's say that when I go to the doctor to get my annual checkup, uh, all my numbers come back and they're all better than they've ever been before, and my doctor says to me to keep doing what I've been doing. Suddenly, with a simple shift in perspective, a realignment in measurement, the same scenario goes from being ineffective to being completely effective, right? Does that make sense? Okay, you know, I think the same is true about evangelism. If we perceive our methods of evangelism as unsuccessful or like they aren't working, then we're quick to quit practicing evangelism. We're quick to, we're quick to quit sharing our faith with other people altogether. But I believe that with a shift uh, or a realignment in measurement, I believe that we can come to see that our practices are actually making a difference in this world and in the lives of people. That sharing our faith with others is actually working even when we think they're not. Now, before we talk about what that shift looks like, uh, we have to talk about what a successful measurement of evangelism doesn't look like. Are you ready? I've heard this all the time, especially in a post-COVID world. A room full of people does not equal effective evangelism. Okay, I said it. I know I'm being blunt, but a room full of people does not uh, uh, mean effective evangelism. Now, I will say, while a room full of people can mean effective evangelism we have to stop using uh, the amount of people showing up as the metric for effective uh, evangelism right because large crowds don't always mean effective evangelism it just means they're good at inviting people and and evangelism is about a lot more than just inviting people to hang out with you so again let me say this it doesn't look effective evangelism doesn't look like a room full of people it can but it doesn't always look that way Now, let me, before we keep going on, let me just say this. I'm not criticizing uh, large churches. They are obviously doing something right. Uh, And so don't don't hear me saying that. But I am arguing that there are churches that uh, we deem as successful at evangelism simply because they have numbers and numbers do not equal effective evangelism. I know I said that already and I'm going to say it again. Numbers do not equal effective evangelism, like just people showing up. I think a different uh, a realignment in measurement a different set of numbers can and that's what i want to talk about today what are what are this what is this shift in measuring successful evangelism what does that look like so here's the first shift in measuring successful evangelism and it comes from john chapter 43 and it's the continuation of the story that we've been looking at the woman at the wall so here's what it says many samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony now this is crucial when it comes to measuring the effectiveness of our evangelism notice that this scripture that this is the bible it doesn't tell us that they start following jesus around all of israel or that they start attending a church that jesus launched like jesus never launched a church it simply tells us that many samaritans believed see a successful measurement for evangelism is to ask ourselves if we're inviting people to simply hang out with us or if we're inviting people to begin a journey towards believing in Jesus. Let me explain. At one of my former churches, a church where I served as a youth director for four years, our our youth group uh, would double in size every summer without fail, which was awesome and honestly it made myself and the rest of our team look really good after every summer. But, in retrospect, The reason we grew was because during the summer we played a lot of paintball and had movie nights and we would rent out the local pool and we'd do mission trips to cool cities and we'd even have Nerf nights and so much other cool stuff. Sure, we were growing, but by the end of the summer we would always go back to our normal numbers. And do you want to know why that happened? Because there's a difference between inviting someone to hang out with you at church or at a cool event. And inviting people to come and encounter Jesus so that they can believe in Jesus for themselves see what would it have looked like if we had placed as much intentionality into introducing people to Jesus as we did into creating an epic nerf night in our gym right events are fun don't get me wrong they are a lot of fun and there is nothing wrong with events but let us not measure the effectiveness of our evangelism methods based on how many people come to our events Instead, may we begin to intentionally measure our ability to help people begin their journey towards believing in Jesus. So, uh, he, here's how we do this. First, uh, what is the first step you want people to take to clearly that, that clearly states that they have started their journey towards believing in Jesus? So, it can be anything, right? It can be, uh, you can say... Um, um, when people show up to a Bible study or they start asking for prayer or they show up to worship, they have officially begun their journey towards believing in Jesus, right? You figure out what your metric is, what works for you in your context, and then use that number to gauge if you are helping people to begin their journey towards believing in Jesus and measure that instead of just how many people show up to your event. We have to stop thinking that numbers at our events, right? That tons of people define successful evangelism. And instead, the first thing we have to do is to begin to look For our effectiveness in helping people begin their journey towards believing in Jesus. All right, so that's the first shift. The second shift in measuring successful evangelism comes from John chapter 4, verses 40 through 41. Here's what they say So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days, and many more believed because of his word. Now, these two verses are fantastic. Just think about it. Effective evangelism requires that people not just believe what we say about Jesus, like what you and I have to say about Jesus, but rather that they begin to claim their faith for their own. See, in these two verses, the people uh, went from believing what the woman had told them in the first verse to now uh, believing what, what, uh, on their own and having their own beliefs, right? Which is so powerful and effective, and here's why. Effective evangelism may begin with us pointing people to Jesus. But there will always be a moment when a shift happens, when people begin to believe on their own and begin to experience their own stories of transformation. And let me give you a real life example of this. When I first started going to church, I would always, I started to tell stories of what Jesus had done on the lives of other church members. They would share their stories with me. I believed in Jesus. And then I shared their stories with other people. i thought that was uh that god was doing something special in their lives and so i started sharing their stories but eventually the more i shared their stories the more i began to see god actually moving in my own life until eventually i started sharing my own stories right i started to be telling people about what god was doing in my own life and, and um and I started like, like getting excited about telling the stories see evangelism leads people from telling the story of others To finding their own story of, of transformation of having their own narrative and then sharing that narrative with others So how do we measure this? Maybe one way to measure this is to continuously invite people to share their own stories of what Jesus has done in their lives I mean, there's many ways to do this, but but maybe you just constantly encourage people. Hey, share your story What is God doing in your life? And if you do this, this will get people to intentionally pay attention to what God is doing and, in their lives and, and to begin to embrace their own stories. And as the number of people sharing their story begins to increase, then you'll be able to decide if your methods uh, of evangelism are effective or not. Right? So uh, just think about it. How, how else can you measure uh, if people are starting to embrace their own narrative and believing in Jesus for themselves? So the third shift in measuring successful evangelism comes from John uh, chapter four, verse 42. And it's the last verse in this, and here's what it says. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have hurt ourselves, and we know that this is truly the savior of the world. See, effective evangelism, uh, I believe, will lead to leadership development. And that's what ha- what's happening in this verse. I think leadership development happens in this verse. See. This, to me, is the most effective measuring tool we have uh, to measure the effectiveness of evangelism. See, effective evangelism will not only uh, begin people on their journey towards believing in Jesus, it will not only lead them to embrace their own story, it will also lead them to help others find their own stories and begins this whole cycle all over again in the lives of other people. Let me give you an example because I know that's a little confusing. When I was young, my pastor took me under his wing and by the time I was in high school, he hired me during the summer to work with a youth group. Now, during that that summer, he taught me how to lead meetings, how to do pastoral care, how to plan worship, and so much more until eventually, I felt comfortable enough to do things on my own. Now, obviously, I still needed to grow and mature, but I had begun to develop my own methods and my own strategies. And before I knew it I was doing the same that he had done in my life but for other people I was helping other people begin to believe in Jesus and identify their own narrative until eventually they could do the same in the lives of others see a good way to measure the effectiveness of our evangelism is to measure the amount of people who are becoming leaders in the church who are not only finding their own narrative but who are also helping others find their own narratives See. If you're looking at your church or your small group or any ministry, uh, whether it's at MidCity Church or outside of MidCity Church, and you feel like it's ineffective because there aren't more people, then I just got to say, maybe you're measuring the wrong thing. Maybe you're looking at the wrong thing. Maybe the things to look for are, are we helping people to begin their journey towards believing in Jesus? Are we helping people claim a faith of their own? And are we helping them become leaders in the kingdom of God? And let me tell you why this matters if we are able to create an evangelism model that does these three things in people's lives, then what we eventually uh, end up doing is that we create a never-ending cycle of, of helping people encounter Jesus who will do the same in the lives of others, who will do the same in the lives of others and others, and, and it'll create this never-ending cycle of, of, of this happening in the lives of people. And if we're able to do this in the lives of those around us, then I truly believe that we will begin to make a huge impact in helping to bring about the diverse kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. Not just today, but every single day. Friends, the world out there needs to hear about Jesus. The world out there needs to hear us share our faith with them. Because we believe that the kingdom of God is being established and we want them to hear this good news. So go out into the world and, uh, you know, let, get, to know your, uh, get to know Jesus for yourself. B- build your own faith. Go out there and share your faith with others and then measure it through these three. And I promise you that in so doing, we will take another step towards bringing about the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. May it be so. May you be an evangelist just as this woman was to the people around her. And may we help bring about the kingdom of God together. May it be so. Amen.
0: I hope you found this sermon to be meaningful and relevant to your life. If you'd like to dive deeper, I invite you to visit midcity.church sermoncast and click on the current sermon series. There you can find a home sheet for this sermon that includes the scriptures that we talked about, questions to wrestle with, and a challenge to live out this week. While you're on the website, if you'd like to make a financial contribution to our ministry here at MidCity Church, you can click the Give button in the top right corner. If you're new to the sermon cast, I invite you to text the word here, H-E-R-E, to the phone number 225-307-0662 and fill out a Connect card so that we can get to know you. I'm so glad you joined us today, and I look forward to seeing you next week.